Chapter 12 Gunhild and Yadith sailed south for five days. It was glorious. Neither wore shoes or socks in the boat anymore, but saved them for walking on land when they camped. Sometimes the September sun was warm enough to be comfortable, though at other times the wind picked up and chilled them, and they did their best to share Gunhild's cloak between them. Gunhild was getting good at catching even the slightest wind in the sail and angling the boat just the right way so that it seemed to fly over the water. They ate fish, cooking large batches in the evening to last them the next day. They also found some bilberries on shore one evening and gorged themselves. Things did not always go to plan. Once Gunhild found that she had sailed into a sandy lagoon shaped like a horseshoe while the tide was going out. Her way forward was blocked by a sandbar, but by the time she turned the boat around and tacked northward to avoid it, the tide was at its lowest, and the boat ended up trapped on the sand for an hour. Her thumb healed gradually, though it still hurt days later, and was puffy and pink. There would always be a scar, she could tell. Yadith's bruises were fading as well, though she still had a dark smudge under her left eye. Only once did they see signs of other people. Smoke from what must have been a campfire or house rose up above from somewhere inland. Gunhild wanted to land and go see them, but Yadith convinced her not to. We have no idea what they would do, she said. They could just as easily capture us as help us. But they're Danes, and so am I, said Gunhild. I'm one of them. Danes would never harm a visitor. You don't know that, said Yadith. They could be a foreign raiding party. They could be an army heading north. They could be anyone. She also doubted the confidence Gunhild had in her own countrymen, but kept it to herself. Eventually they could go south no further. A great spit of land blocked their way, and they sailed west to avoid it. It was at least fifteen miles long, and they took almost a day to sail around it. As they rounded the outside edge they could see the water change, and knew they were skirting the North Sea, the deep, open ocean unprotected by islands and sandbars. It was a daunting sight. They cut back into the protected shallower water as soon as they could, but within a day found that there was no way to keep going south. They had reached the edge of Jutland, the great peninsula the Danes called home. From here, they could only go west. From here, they were both foreigners. Once a pod of dolphins passed in the distance. Yadith was overjoyed. Maraswine, she shouted. I've heard about them, but I've never seen one. The fishermen in my village saw them sometimes and told me how beautiful they were. I always wanted to see some. That's funny, said Gunhild. It's the same word in Danish, or close. We say Marsvin. You know, I should learn some English. Du wilt to learnine English? asked Yadith excited. Ich Yadith hatte. Who hatte thou? Who hatte thou? Gunhild copied. Nesa, nesa, said Yadith. Min nama is Yadith. She put a hand on her chest. Hwa is thin nama? She asked, pointing to Gunhild. Gunhild, said Gunhild, understanding. Min nama is, prompted Yadith. Min nama is Gunhild. Good, good, cheered Yadith. She looked around for things to name. Bot, she said, patting the boat. Bot, Gunhild repeated after her. Water said Yadith, reaching out of the boat to flick water onto Gunhild. Water, she replied, laughing. Sabot is on the Matra, said Yadith. Yes, it is, said Gunhild. Nesa, insisted Yadith. Saya hit. Saya, Sabot is on the Matra. Okay, 
So bot is on the water. Good. Both were laughing by now. What about animals? asked Gunhild. How do you say cat? Cat is just cat, said Yadith. But for you, a little cat is a kitling, and in English it's a kitten. Kitling, kitten, practiced Gunhild. Yesa, said Yadith. Meow. Meow, shouted Gunhild, for no particular reason. And dog? Hund, shouted Yadith. Woof! Both girls began barking as loudly as they could. Wolf? asked Gunhild. Wolf is the same, said Yadith, and they threw their heads back and howled. Then she added, Wolf was hunteth sheop. What's a sheop? asked Gunhild. Yadith remained silent, smiling. What? insisted Gunhild. Though ne knaweth what sheop meaneth? asked Yadith, grinning wider. Well, what? Yadith leaned in closer and paused for effect. Bee! She bleated as loud as she could. The sheer absurdity of it sent Gunhild into stitches, and she had to let go of the tiller to bury her head in her hands. This continued until they had exhausted their inventory of animals, and then they rested. Later, Yadith asked to take the tiller and hold the main sheet, the rope attached to the sail, so Gunhild moved to the front of the boat and let the sea spray splash across her face. She felt the beauty of the sea well up in her, and she remembered a verse her father had told her once. She stood at the bow and shouted it to the horizon. Fearing nothing, freedom fills me. Salt spray sends the sea foam high. Toward the future, forward facing, wandering the world serpent's waves. Milika thin shopcraft, said Yadith from the back of the boat. The next day dawned colder than before. The sky was gray, and the mist hung in the air. The sailing was good that morning, and the sea was calm despite the wind. Gunhild and Yadith exchanged stories and riddles, and Yadith worked the fishing net to catch some fish to cook that evening. Yadith had to learn to clean the fish, too, because Gunhild still had difficulty gripping with her injured hand. By noon Gunhild was getting drowsy. Neither of them had been sleeping well. It was cold at night, and they were sleeping on the bare ground. The wind was cooperating, and Gunhild kept her course due south, but that meant that there wasn't much for her to do except hold the rudder still. She felt her eyelids get heavy, and told herself that she would close her eyes only long enough to think of an answer to Yadith's riddle. Soon she was half-dreaming as she sailed. At one point, she remembered later, she thought she was explaining something about sailing to her brother Rolf, though of course that couldn't have happened. She woke some time later with a jolt as the boat ran into a sandbar. Gunhild sat up, her heart beating fast. Then she looked at the bow of the boat and saw Yadith doing the same. She must have been asleep, too. The boat had slid at least halfway up a large sandbar, and the wind was continuing to blow it. She noticed that the weather had changed, and dark clouds were gathering in the west. Drops of water seemed to hang in the air. The beach was about a mile away to the west. Should we row backward? asked Yadith. No, said Gunhild, I'll push it back. Just let me get past you. She stepped out onto the sand and put her shoulder against the bow. She pushed, and the boat slipped back into the water. With another push sideways, the boat was free. 
The sail was still full, however, and the wind was blowing steadily. As soon as the boat was free, the wind drove it forward, and suddenly Yadith was being carried away, and Gunhild was stuck on the sandbar watching her go. Wait! yelled Gunhild. How? yelled Yadith, looking terrified. Lower the sail! Gunhild stood helplessly as she watched Yadith get farther away. Yadith crawled to the rear of the boat and wrestled with the slipknot that held the main sheet. She managed to lower the sail and turn the boat around, but now she had to row back. She made painfully slow progress rowing against the wind, and it was hard for her to go in a straight line. Gunhild watched her in the distance, feeling colder by the minute. She also noticed that seawater was beginning to creep up the sandbar. By the time Yadith got back to the sandbar, Gunhild was up to her ankles, and the black clouds were bearing down on them quickly. We'll head for shore, she said as she jumped in, and they did, but the storm clouds were faster. The rain reached them while they were still a half mile out, and they were soaked through within a minute. Soon the swells that hit them from behind were three feet high. Both girls were pulling on the oars as hard as they could. Gunhild watched the swells roll in and felt her stomach jump each time. She kept the boat angled toward the incoming waves so that they didn't wash over the side, but as they began to rise higher and crash harder with each swell, the boat began to take on water. "'We'll be fine!' shouted Gunhild over the wind. "'It's washing us toward shore anyway!' She checked their progress over her shoulder. There are some trees up the beach a bit. We'll take shelter there. The storm was at its harshest just as they reached the beach. Everything was dark gray. Gunhild couldn't see more than a hundred yards in any direction. She had managed to keep the boat angled correctly as they rowed, but it all went wrong as they neared the shore and the waves began to break. The massive swells of water began curling over themselves with huge crests of white foam, and about thirty feet from shore, one of the waves, instead of slipping under the boat, pushed it up in the air and flipped it. Gunhild felt herself suspended momentarily in the air, facing the sky, before falling backward into the icy water. Gunhild flailed under the water in blind confusion. She struggled to the surface and stuck her head out only to have another wave crash over her. Grabbing the side of the capsized boat, she looked for Iada. She spotted a brown dress under the boat and grabbed it. She pulled Yadith up just as another wave pushed them back down. Keeping a wad of fabric clinched in one hand, Gunhild turned toward shore and began to kick against the water, dragging Yadith with her. Yadith's head broke the surface and she took a huge, gasping breath. Gunhild kept pulling. Can you swim? she shouted, but Yadith didn't respond. Another wave drove them forward and suddenly Gunhild felt her feet hit sand. She tried to stand still holding Yadith by the dress, but the water sucked backward and Yadith was pulled out of her grasp. No! she shouted, and turned to see another wave gathering. Yadith was trying to swim, her eyes wide with panic. The wave picked Yadith up and drove her forward again. After the wave crashed over Gunhild, she pushed herself to her feet and slogged forward to grab Yadith, and hauled her to her feet as well. Clutching each other, they struggled up the beach, leaving the capsized boat to the waves. They walked further up the beach to the tree line that Gunhild had spotted earlier. Both were shivering uncontrollably. Gunhild knew they needed to get warm quickly, but there was no way she could start a fire. A few dozen yards into the forest, Gunhild found some downed evergreen branches, and by wedging the ends in the crook of a tree, she built a passable shelter. Yet it still wasn't talking, just gripping her shoulders and shivering. Gunhild took her by the shoulders and locked eyes with her. We need to wring out our clothes, she said firmly. We'll freeze if we don't. Yadith nodded. With Gunhild's help, she took off her brown woolen overdress and held one end of it while Gunhild twisted as tightly as she could. 
Getting the dress back on was made difficult not only by the wet wool, but also the fact that Yadith wasn't moving very well, and had trouble pushing her arms through the sleeves. Gunhild wrung her own dress out, too, and put it back on, and realized that her cloak must be back at the boat, probably washed out to sea. We'll do the best we can, she said to herself, and led Yadith under the shelter she had made. Yadith sat with her back to the tree, and Gunhild began grabbing armfuls of fallen leaves and piling them up around Yadith. In a few minutes, Yadith was half-buried in leaves, and Gunhild was starting to feel a bit warmer from the exercise. She squeezed behind Yadith, between her and the tree, and wrapped her arms around her. "'How are you feeling?' she asked. "'Better,' said Yadith, still chattering. Gunhild put her head against Yadith's back and waited. By evening, the storm had passed, and they had started to warm up. Gunhild stood and stretched and felt the pins and needles as her feet regained feeling. We have some light left, said Gunhild. I should try to find some dry wood and start a fire. Yadith didn't reply. Yadith? Gunhild asked, worried. Yes, you're right, said Yadith distantly. Gunhild had no luck finding anything dry. She returned crestfallen and suggested that they stretch out under the shelter and cover themselves with leaves instead. And there's no food, of course, she said. And no boat. A horrible sinking feeling came over her as she realized how bad their situation was. I'm sorry, she said. Yadith's hand found hers buried beneath the leaves. You can't be sorry, she said. You saved my life. It's my fault we capsized, though. You didn't send the storm, said Yadith. I guess Thor didn't like a sacrifice. I thought you said... I'm kidding said Yadith. It didn't seem like a joke to Gunhild, though. Sending a storm to punish a thief seemed like just the kind of thing Thor might do. 